0: It just meant more. We're talking 2021. I
1: swear to God, Connor, if you don't start this podcast by saying, hello, and welcome, it's the second time in a row you've done it.
0: I wanted to see how you would react to it. So it's we'll just pretend that, didn't, pretend that didn't happen. Like, pretend this is just the, the, hit, the replay that lasts 15 seconds of the podcast. And instead, pretend that this is the intro. All right, I'll just do yeah. to appease you and to perfect. appease the OG listeners of the podcast. Hello and welcome to the Saturday Down South podcast. I am Connor O'Gara, Chris Marlar. What a up? Nighthawk.
1: Oh, Nighthawk. Yeah, it didn't come off as great as I
0: thought it would. Okay, all right, we can go there. Well, that's the show. Um... <laughs> it just meant more. We have been talking about this for a while, wanting to do one of these. For those of you who maybe are more recent listeners of the podcast, if you listen to College of Uncensored, if you listen to the Saturday Down South podcast, by the way, go subscribe to both, uh, whatever yeah. channel you're listening on. If you're watching this on YouTube, thank you very much as well. Subscribe, yeah, to, the Down South. Yeah, subscribe to the Saturday Down South YouTube page as well. Um, Marlar, we have not done one of these since 2020. And okay. this is essentially a classic game podcast. We are built all around recapping a classic SEC game. If you want to go mm-hmm. dig into the archives, we have plenty of these. Today, we are doing 2021 Arkansas Ole Miss. Um, I, I'm a little bit rusty. I'm, I'm warning you right now. I'm a little bit rusty doing these podcasts. Ooh, we, we used to do, to do a ton roll. of these.
1: Like you did, I mean, not really. Like you haven't gained a lot of weight or gotten sad. So you that's good. That. Um, no, like, the, <laughs> so, so, like, for those of you that, like, like Connor said, that maybe haven't been listening for a longest time, the way this all started was in 2020, uh, when I guess I don't know whose fault it was, but the pandemic started, like everything shut down, and then I had this brilliant idea. It was like, hey, we should do more work. Um, mm-hmm. Had a, like a get out of jail free card, an excuse to not do anything, and we were somehow got to keep our jobs. I was like, no, 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 let's do more. And so we started doing three pots a week. And it was actually a lot of fun because this is one of my favorite things. And this is we look back at old games. And if you're like a college football junkie or SEC, like if you're like a lifelong fan, I feel like this is stuff we do anyway. And you pick this game. Is it actually
0: what is it? The it was wasn't it voted the best game of the year last year? Bill Connolly put it as his game of the year on ESPN.com. And Typically, we don't look back on games that are from the most recent season. Right. Um, we usually try and dig into the archives, and we've done, you know, games from we. I mean, we did Bow over the top. I think that's the oldest game that, that we've is the done. One, yeah, yeah. So that saying. was
1: one. Yeah, Bama lost in that one. Um, <laughs> we've done a couple other. I'm surprised that like if like if this was on SEC Network, we would have already done the 2019 LSU Bama game like five times, just from like a different perspective each time.
0: Um, I I almost suggested 2021 um, Bama A and M, but I instead went with a game that was on the same exact day. Yeah, I,
1: I'm, I'm I caught on to that. It wasn't it wasn't as subtle as you think it was. Uh, no, so Connor recommended this, and I was like, oh yeah, that's a great game. What was that, What else was going on that day? Oh, Zach Calzada ruined my life. Uh, that was tough, but like it, it was fun going back and looking at this. When I say we change roles or we switch roles, Connor sent me his notes. Like you texted like super early. Like, you're like, and you were, I could just tell I was like, this man is, is a giddy. He is ready to go. <laughs> and I love it. And he's like, I got notes, like all caps. And I thought he was just exaggerating. Like, cause in the past, what I would do is overthink everything. And I would write everything down. And then and we always had to have separate Google docs. Mm-hmm. Cause if we, I, you know, like I'd have to have my own stuff. And also I would screw up the Google doc you set up every time. Connor had over 10 pages of notes.
0: This game was awesome. It is awesome. <laughs> I love this game. I'm sorry. Uh, I what did you do on Friday night? I sat at home and just t- typed up as much as I could about this I game. And th- this in, in so many ways, this is why college football is beautiful. That's a broad statement. They can go yeah. a lot of different directions with that. One hundred three combined points, six hundred seventy three combined rushing yards. A back-and-forth oh, yeah. game that is decided by a failed two-point conversion with no time remaining on the clock. Spoiler alert. Yeah, spoiler alert. Sorry um, for those of you who do not know the, the winner and loser of this game. By the way, it's fun. We always recommend with these podcasts that we do, or if you're watching this on YouTube as well, go back and watch the game yourself. Go back and watch the game yourself. Kind of maybe follow along, or if you want to watch this before even listening to this podcast, yeah. do that. Um, a lot of fun yeah, to, to be able to do that. listen to the podcast, the though. Or
1: call Connor. He'll watch it with you. Like, <laughs> I'm sure of it. Uh, no, I think a couple of people used to, like, they would, like, cut the grass, but it was funny, like, listen to some of the, the like, responses we got, because I think we threw that idea out there, and then not everyone, like, was like, no, I'm not gonna do that. That's stupid. And then everyone, like, there's, like, several people that reached out and was like, I had to immediately go watch this game. I forgot about this, this, and this. Because it's also crazy. You You said... This is what's so great about college football. This entire day, this entire yeah. Saturday was like the epitome of why I love college football from start, I don't want to say to finish because again, that field goal that looked like it was definitely going left for a second that went through the uprights in College Station was upsetting. Um, but this game, right, I mean, right off the top, this, and this is before your time, but this would have been like a peak Jefferson Pilot matchup.
0: Because it's the time of game that it, the time of day that it was played. Yeah, yeah. 11 a.m. local time, noon Eastern, right? 12 like,
1: 30 was JP though. I'm just
0: good point. Great point. This this game starting in that early slot and playing out the way that it did was awesome. And it was in that early slot, in part, if I'm not mistaken. Well, they might have come up with. I think they might have held off on this time slot, if I'm not mistaken. Oh yeah. This was the bounce back bowl because both of these teams were just humbled. By the eventual national championship participants a week earlier, and so in some ways, it wasn't like this game was national championship or bust. Which I would actually argue sometimes those games are more fun to watch, especially yeah. as a, a well with, when you don't have a rooting interest. Those are the best games to be able to watch, and you just get the pure entertainment of it. If you're gambling on it and you bet the over, oh, that's the first thing really in my good. notes, by the way. <laughs>
1: Did you bet the I, over on this game? I hammered the first quarter and first half over almost more than any other bet I'd made this entire year. And I'll tell you why, we'll get into it. But like, yes, I took the over. Um, I don't think I had Ole Miss to cover, but I I, I, I do remember like it, this was a this was a top 20 matchup. It, it was one of four games yeah. that weekend with, with two ranked teams playing and it was completely lost in the mix, completely overlooked. Nobody was talking about it because you also had in the SEC alone, Auburn and Georgia, and Auburn was still somehow ranked um, at that point. That was a 330 game yep, in, o- in October, which I, we're not going to get into. You had Bama and A&M as the slotted uh, like one-time-a-year primetime game on CBS. But then you also had, like, and I didn't realize this until they started the, uh, the broadcast, and it was one of my favorite quotes, you had Penn State and Iowa playing in a top-five matchup. Yep. Don't get me started on that. Um, and, and then you had, I'm trying to think, like Michigan the game that was I was Nebraska. Nebraska
0: at, the game that I was at that Kentucky day, Kentucky LSU in, in Lexington, and so that gets lost in the shuffle of that day. By the way, I never told you that um, if Bama had just blown out A and would have been able to go out um, to a, 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 a let's call it a VIP situation with our friends Tom Hart, Jordan Rogers, I'm and so sorry for your loss That's to awful. watch. The Tyson Fury, uh the, the Wilder Fury fight that night. Also, that awesome.
1: oh yeah, that was that weekend.
0: That was that night. And I'm sorry that-
1: I didn't do that for you. I know that that was something you were really hoping would happen. Um just for gotta, selfish reasons. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, it, it was funny too, because you were in you were in Lexington for the LSU game. I was in Baton Rouge the week before, um, as like a uh Stella got her groove back situation because it was like right after I dropped everything off with the X and Mickey shared me our good buddy was like, "Dude, you got to come to Baton Rouge." And I was like,
2: "Yes." So what i didn't been like,
1: "What great words those are! You got to come to Baton Rouge." And and I don't know if I told you this either, but in just what I hope is will always be the tradition, got there, went to the casino, was up like 450 within the first hour or something like that. What does then,
0: that always happen to you? It's craps,
1: dude. I told you. Listen, there's a system, and it was awesome. And Mickey was was incredible. Anyway, but like the the twelve o'clock game the week before was Arkansas Georgia. Right, top ten matchup game days there, Um, the rare game day going into a twelve o'clock start at the SEC, especially was kind of weird. Yep. Uh, And then you had Bama Ole Miss at three thirty, Ole Miss coming off a bye week. Like I thought, I thought they were going to beat Bama because we'd see Bama struggle with Florida. They didn't look like near like as I don't know invincible as we maybe thought, and Ole Miss definitely did. Both those games do not go like their way. These two teams way, like you were saying. But again, the bounce back ball, Matt Corral, six interceptions in the year before. Yep. Um, Pittman is is an underdog yet again for like it seemingly I think every game that he had he had been a head coach, and, and Arkansas is coming in from. Hold on. There's one more ranked
0: team I'm, I'm forgetting about, or one more ranked game. With uh, with two ranked teams that day, just yeah, because in, in the SEC, I think you I think you had it covered. Um, with those, but it, it was a wild day in college football. And Oh, Texas Oklahoma also on at twelve. Great point. That's not the last Texas Oklahoma mention we're going to have. Yeah, by the way, a uh, little little teaser for later. The ultimate sign of an incredible sporting event, and I, I said this in the pod the pod recap that day as well, is when you have people without any rooting interest yeah. or gambling interest, which I guess that is technically a rooting interest, who are watching a game. And they're on the edge of their seats with every play down the stretch. And watching this at my brother's house with my family in Lexington, that's exactly what happened. Marler. I remember thinking this had big time game of the year vibes in the heat of the moment, but I didn't want to be too reactionary to that because, especially after the day that we had, it was like, by the end of the day, you're like, wait a minute, the 11, the 11 slash noon game, whatever, whatever it was unbelievable. It might've been the best, the craziest thing that happened. No, okay, it wasn't the craziest thing that happened all day. Didn't mean to go there. It was.
1: But. It absolutely was. It, we'll get into the Texas and Bama thing here in a minute. Don't, listen, don't get me started on that. Bama should have won that game still, and I'm still pissed about it. Zach Calzada, 13 of 14 in the first half. You no, know, but like <laughs> this game, this game, like I hate cliches, and I hate that stupid Buffalo Wild Wings. Where it's like, dude, can we get some overtime? Can like I don't want this game to end. I'm like that is That's so me. ridiculous. You don't want to be at Buffalo Wild Wings everybody was saying it at this point and it, and it was almost like a you're like in like rocky or like any boxing movie that's like completely unrealistic in terms of they're in the 15th round and they're just yeah i mean well we could use them right now for rocky Ukraine. is based on a true story um it, i don't think you're familiar with the he actual quote brought War. down the berlin wall <laughs> that's on. not that's not really yeah and defeated um i think the uh, egyptians as well uh which is pretty tough yeah. Yeah. You know how they get. Um, no. So now I've lost my train of thought. Oh, like in like those movies, you know how like they end with like this flurry of like both both like boxers just like throwing like haymakers nonstop. That's literally how this game ended. And then it, every step of the way, it was like if you were writing your own adventure, like if this was written down, I'm like, this is unbelievable. This is like a stupid like there's no way this would happen if you wrote the script for it. Like the second to last play with a second left on the game, like they, they score with, with no time remaining. Anyway, we'll get into all
0: that, but this, go ahead. I was going to say it, it ended like Rocky four in that way. Um, two teams that felt like they were just going blow for blow and they were willing to wow, die out hate, hate Arkansas Art. then, huh? Whoa, no, not comparing Ro- <laughs> because Arkansas, Arkansas to uses illegal
1: steroids for most of their uh, training from what I've heard. And Whoa. also um, loves
0: uh, buzz cuts, and high top fades the single best training montage. Ever. Ever, not even close. Rocky two or Rocky four started with a round two knockout. Rest in peace, Apollo Creed. Which was arguably both of these teams the week before. Kind of, yeah. Oh, so maybe, maybe this is Rocky four. Okay, yeah. Let's get into this. The directors, Sam Pittman. Pittman at this time is at the top of all of the SEC Coach of the Year talk, even though Georgia happened. Vibes are still strong with him, and he's still playing the jukebox. Those Texas wins had major juice. Don't forget about Rice. He had three of those Texas wins as well. I forgot about that. Um, that was like not their best game, though, right? It was not. The second half was really good, though. Very impressive in the second half. Pittman enters this game as the SEC's biggest home run hire from the 2020 class of coaches, which consisted a lot of Kiffin, it. Leach, and Drinkowitz, which nobody would have said that when he was hired. And maybe we probably wouldn't have even said that coming into 2020, but because of the start that he got off to ending the streak against AM, and m beating Texas in the way that they did, that was kind of what we were saying about Pittman coming into this game. Hear me out on this as you yep. fix your glasses. You good? Can you see it? Yep. That's all right. looks good. Okay. Um, hear me out on this. Remember a few years ago, when we came up with, I think it was Fourth of July of twenty eighteen. Oh yeah. We we came up. Of course, you remember that. We came up with who America's team was, right? And I think LSU. LSU. Yeah, LSU was who we settled on. Which I'd argue things have changed a little bit here and there since then. Mm, not great. Uh, yeah. Yeah, even though Marler is currently wearing an LSU hat for those who I are love not watching SEC
1: this. football, y'all.
0: Yeah. Um, Marler's also wearing a come to the sip shirt is come to the sip shirt. Which is drinking a, out of a Yeti with a Bama sticker. Wow. Arkansas underwear. I'm assuming you're wearing. No, absolutely not. Not wearing any right. pants. So. So hear me out of this. I think Sam Pittman and Arkansas should absolutely be in the discussion for America's team. Yeah, they are. They haven't won enough to be hateable, at least not yet their best moments are some of college football nostalgia, like these things that anybody can, can love, Darren McFadden, Felix Jones. Oh yeah. They don't have these entrenched rivalries in the SEC that date back to when your parents were kids, right? Like I'm not saying they don't have rivalries. They absolutely do. They won all those right. rivalry trophies, of course, but they don't have these entrenched rivalries that date back so long to the point where you just have this ingrained hatred that you've been caught since birth. That you just, you can't, you know, you can't like Arkansas. It's all manufactured a little bit. Yeah. I mean, it is to a certain extent. So the hate isn't quite on that level. And speaking, Mm -hmm. speaking of your parents. Oh, God. Not your parents specifically, just parents in general. um, Sam Pittman not only plays the type of football that everyone's dad would like, but he also looks like the type of guy that your dad works with. Oh, I was going to
1: say the type of guy that your mom, like, like, your mom would love like he, he is I said this True. like I think I said going into the season that that Bo Nix was church camp Johnny Manziel and in the same way Sam Pittman I, I was saying this all season like or the start of the season Arkansas was LSU like it's mm-hmm. like like in terms of like big picture national championship Georgia was was kind of like that they were like diet LSU but they had all the things that LSU didn't have from like the things that they had a likable head coach that everyone loved and not just because he sounded like a, like, like a cartoon bear that was let out of the circus. Like Sam Pittman just has this like very like disarming, just like would love to sit on the front porch and hear this guy tell stories all day. Like, There's not a more likable coach in the sec. Agreed.
0: Oh, there's Sam at the company picnic. he has right. got his floppy hat on. He's probably manning the grill doing something like that. He's like definitely manning the grill. Oh yeah. Come on. He's. Boss Hog, of course yeah. he is. Arkansas is America's team. I'm I'm throwing it out into the world. Take people listening to this might disagree with that. That's okay. Well, like Just right now. To, uh, yeah, I, I think Arkansas can, if if and when that title is up for grabs, which it always is, it's college yeah. football. this the way worse. Arkansas is America's team.
1: Just saying. Okay, so here's what I'll say. In in going into this game, Sam Pittman coming into the season was seven and three against the spread the year before in the all sec schedule is the best record against the spread in, in the entire sec. He opens up the season with I doubted him. I don't know if you did, but it seemed like the entire country just, it was a feel good story. And you just kept waiting for the wheels to fall off. It was like, it was like Davidson in, in like the tournament with when they had Steph Curry, like they played Texas week two, And, and I remember talking to our buddy, uh, Ty about this. You kind of could, could sense the rice game was going to be not great because they, I don't know if I've seen a fan base more amped up for a like a non-week one game all offseason like I like they did for Texas. They're an underdog at home, six points, and they end up just dominating and, and shutting down Steve Sarkisian's offense, and it was awesome. Like it, like that, they stormed the field, it, a huge party on Dixon Street. It was it was awesome. Next week they play Georgia Southern, whatever, and then they got to play A and M, like in Dallas, and they're an underdog again. And what do they do? They absolutely shut down A&M's offense. They have twenty to ten, 20 to 10 win. They finally get that monkey off their back. So now he's owned the state of Texas. He's got a top ten win on the road uh, against A&M. He is what I call the the September coach of the year. And you could argue in, in the SEC last year they had one for each month. He was September. Yeah. Uh,
0: Harson might have who was it in, in October. Well, Harson would it would have probably been in the conversation. But it's a little bit tougher because the Georgia oh, game was also it was in Stoops.
1: October. Yeah. Okay. And was in, in November. So, or maybe hype, I don't know. Anyway, but like you come into this game, and even after the win against AM, you're like, okay, but at some point, like they were a top 10 team. You knew it was going to ha- I knew it was going to happen against Georgia. They, they were not built for that. But like you just kept waiting each week. It's like, yeah, I, they would still, no matter what they did the week before, you would not give them like the credit they deserve. and Sam Pittman the credit he deserved and that whole team and K.J. Jefferson and all of it. And here you come into this game, and once again, you're an underdog on the road. And, and also, you're talking about the two coaches in the SEC that can
0: seemingly do no wrong at this point. Speaking of that, Lane Kiffin could do no wrong coming into this one, despite what happened the week prior to this game yeah get your popcorn ready for many coaches would have been just beyond infamous and to a certain extent it is with lane oh it is yeah for sure but he turns it into a joke at his own expense like they did a promo I, yeah they, didn't they give away popcorn to the first thousand fans first, at the first like 6300 like students or or, or <laughs> what do you call it
1: yeah like it was it was like immediately he made a joke of it and like that's you know he just it's like the gym thing like when you t-
0: trying to tell michael like just make fun of yourself so they don't do it yeah and i mean lane just never takes an l and Mm-mm. even over rep- when like a you know a reporter who is <laughs> into fitness <laughs> when a reporter that's like into fitness asks him about his weight loss he manages to make sure that he's not really taking an l um whatever that was uncomfortable outside. for everybody that that was your jill morehead moment it was it was not an egregious question but he did not handle that well he did not. And I quoted his own tweet. It was his own tweet that put it out there. I have nothing against the food of the yeah. state of Mississippi. I'd like the record to be shown. I, like I want like that to be known.
1: Actively posting thirst traps and if anybody in the, yeah. it, whatever, but, but that was like the first, again, like maybe like crack in the foundation chink in the armor was the week before, because these two coaches, like Lane Kiffin was like hated amongst everyone like a decade ago. And now he's, he's turned that entire thing around and and you have, so much likability going into this game. Like where you almost like yeah. Matt Corral and and like all of it, all of it, except for DJ Durkin.
0: <laughs> I kind of wonder if Lane was at his best because of how bad Bama went a week earlier. And he really went back to the drawing board because Ole Miss was scheming all day yeah. in this one. I mean, that, that last touchdown, could he have been more wide open? How, how does that happen? It's against the second ranked uh,
1: past defense in the country
0: we'll get to at, it at, at the time at the time. Yeah. yeah, for sure. I mean, Monteric Brown, who was clutch all year for him, bid on this fake and we'll, we'll get to that play later, but um, it, Ole Miss was scheming all over the place. And mm-hmm. the guy that they were scheming with, let's go to the A-listers, Matt Corral, the guy that you just brought up, peak form at this point, pre-injury. I've already said all I can say about Corral except for this. I wish I could just take his 2020 Bama performance and switch it with his 2021 Bama performance. And it could be the same result because I think that would have potentially given him momentum to get to New York. And I know I I I still would have rather had Will Anderson there, in my opinion, because I thought he deserved it more, but it would have made sense because it would have made this game feel that much better for him nationally. It would have been like, oh, hey, yeah, he lost to Bama, but he looked ridiculously good in it. And it's not that he was even right, bad so against, against Bama, but I wish that we could have kind of switched those two games Ooh. because I think the Heisman conversation would have been more interesting. So – and I don't because
1: of how much he trailed off at the end of the year with all of the injuries and stuff like that. But I will say this. Going back to the week before, it like – Arkansas goes on the road and gets beat 37, nothing. Georgia was up like 21, nothing like in the first quarter. It was, I mean, it was a beatdown of beatdowns. It was over the first three drives. It was. Yeah. It was, I mean, and honestly, maybe the first two and you talk about like KJ Jefferson was eight of 13 for 65 yards. Traylon Burks had three catches for 10 yards. I mean, Georgia ran the ball. I think sets and Bennett had like 70 yards passing. They just ran the ball. Like it will like 56 times that day. Um, and just dominated from start to finish. And I don't think if, if Kirby didn't love Sam Pippen so much, that game probably could have gotten a lot worse. On the other hand, like that was a a situation of being like outmanned and outmatched, um, from like a talent standpoint, Lane Kiffin came into that game against Bama with a week off to prepare coming off a game against Tulane where like they were averaging over 50 points a game. They had, they had the number one scoring offense, number one, like, you know, total yards, in the first half of games, which is important and the full game uh, in the entire country. And as soon as they they got the ball first against Bama and right off the bat corrals, like, you know, a 14 yard completion. That was the most uncharacteristic Lane Kiffin play calling offense, like whatever you want to say, like I've ever seen. It it was like a guy that's so comfortable in his own skin and like, you know, is, is one of the best offensive minds, probably him and Sark in the, in the entire country. They, he overthought the shit out of that, man. It was like watching me do something like for work. And he, I mean, he came out in like 16 play drive. He has, he has three or he had four fourth down uh, attempts in the first half and two of them were in, in his own territory. I say all that because that was something we didn't expect. We kind of expected the Arkansas thing corral didn't have a bad game but you know they had i think i, I counted it earlier it was 20 25 of 32 or 25 of 33 plays in the first half went for five yards or less and you're talking about an offense that just thrived on chunk plays they were just dinking and dunking everywhere and by the end of the first half you've been held to your lowest points yards and rushing yards since he got it all miss and the game about the over. bama game it's yeah it was 28 nothing games over and listen even as a bama fan it was great to watch as a fan, but it's like, I didn't want to see that. Like, you want to see like Lane be Lane. So he comes back into this game and now Lane's being Lane. Yeah.
0: I, this game with with Lane and with Corral, the bounce back, all those narratives are there. But this kind of summed up why, in my opinion, he was one of the SEC's better quarterbacks in the last decade. I, th- I think if you're making – I think you're right. He's he's not top four, top five, or something like that. Probably probably maybe somewhere in that five to ten range, he's gonna end maybe his... best non-Heisman besides maybe Tua. Uh two, yeah, I put Tua in that category as well. Um, just if you're if you're just looking at the SEC, because I mean if you're a great quarterback in the SEC, you're Cam, your you your Burrow, you're winning right. the Heisman trophy. And Tua should have won the Heisman season. too, but you know, we we'll don't have to get into that. He,
1: he came in leading like leading the SEC in rushing touchdowns.
0: Yeah. And then was brilliant in that regard with his legs. I mean, yeah. He went from year to year, he went from being the guy who had individual games in which he could do nothing right. This game. To instead, yeah, this game last year's. Yeah. I mean, he was a guy who could do nothing right. Like everything went wrong. And then in a game like this, he was just one step ahead every single time. No situation ever phased him, no mm-hmm. pressure. It just didn't matter. And when he ran through Jalen Catalog, we're gonna have more thoughts on that in a minute. Oh, yeah. Mercy. I mean, I'm, I am i am going to miss watching Matt Corral play the quarterback position at the college level because the NFL's crapshoot, who knows what's going to happen with him there, but man, he was fun to watch in college. It was, you know, it
1: was not his best look in the his first, like, appearance to the world when he took his helmet off and was trying to fight everyone in the Egg Bowl. I didn't hate it. I knew back then, like, in the same way that I love when Baker Mayfield tried to run from the cops, I was like, that's my dude, because, like... <laughs> Yeah, now that's a dumb move to try to run from the cops. But that's the kind of confidence I want my quarterback to have is like, yeah, I can I can outrun these guys for sure. Absolutely, Farba. And then Matt Corral. I mean, like, that's it. He, he's a very attractive. I'm not gonna say pretty boy, but a very attractive kid from California that's coming down to the SEC. And I didn't know if he was going to fit in like he he was playing behind John Rice Plumlee the year before. And he finally gets like the right system in place. And the a coach that got behind him. And there's few, I mean, Chiswick and Cam for sure, but it felt like Chiswick was kind of like not riding Cam, but like, you know what I mean? Like they weren't like these two seem like they were best friends.
0: Yeah, oh, very much. Right? And I think, and that was that was something. I mean, I I wrote about that at the start of 2020. We're, it was two games into the season. I remember writing why, like Matt Corral, all of a sudden looks like the perfect quarterback for Link Hiffin, mm-hmm. and why they've become, you know, able why they've been able to play off of each other, and why that relationship has just worked so unbelievably well. But he was brilliant in this game. Um, Real
1: quick, he came into this game, or I think he he had the second most touchdowns in the first three games of an SEC uh, for an SEC quarterback in the last twenty five years, only second to Tim Couch. Um, he was the leader for the Heisman race or, you know, or like one, two with, with Bryce at that point. And then he also has, I think he had 14 total touchdowns or no, he had 16 total touchdowns, zero interceptions. He's averaging even after the Bama game, 342 total yards per game, over 300 yards per game. Just, he was, it was like you said, it was so much fun to watch.
0: Traylon Burks, the Arkansas receiver. You know what I just thought about? You know, I love a good sliding door. Big fan of that. (laughs) is there a chance after Burke's freshman year that he leaves Arkansas if Arkansas runs it back with Chad Morris keeping in mind everyone should have I mean at the time undergrads he, right. he would have had to to sit out a year um and waste a year of his athletic prime, which say what you will about that. But man, also at the same time, if there's ever a waiver that should be granted for a hardship, it's having to play in a Chad Morris offense.
1: Well, and that goes back to saying like the same thing with Pittman. And and not enough can ever be made about like the what he the how quick this turnaround was, like from where the like the depths of how awful the program, like like where the program was. I mean, you're talking about there are three coaches removed or two coaches removed from who was that raspy voiced uh, John L. Smith. John L. Smith, who like, who was like literally cutting his grass. And was like, yeah, I'm, I'm free this weekend. I'll, I'll coach your team. Like he comes in there and just a massive uphill, uphill, like climb and battle. Yeah. Traylon Burks like Traylon Burks wasn't even the most highly sought after receiver in that class.
0: And he should have been. Yeah, he should have been on Trey Knox. I'm still out of it pet smart man himself. Right. Traylon Burks was a three-sport athlete, could have been like a four-sport athlete, I mean, and could have done probably all those things at the collegiate level. And it's just an unbelievable talent who really developed. But, you know, I, I think it's it's really interesting to kind of look back on that chapter um, because obviously in-state guy and Sam Pittman, I mean, I asked Sam Pittman, like, did you have to sell Traylon Burks when he came in the door? He's like, no, I didn't have to. I have to sell him. He loved the program and all those certain things. But if you had to play the Chad Morris offense and you saw what it looked like in year one, man, I oh gosh.
1: There's a reason why he would go hog hunting and not take anything but a knife because he had to get that aggression out. Why is my nose so, so red?
0: Um, I don't know. You're like Rudolph. Um, yeah, I think fair. you're good. Don't worry about no, it. Traylon
1: look- so consistently just incredible and and like just such a like a wide array of of skills and it's it's seemingly a guy that feels like we still got like you know was kind
0: of underrated and, and overlooked. We got the Traylon Burks hand storylines, big fan of that. I love it when it comes up every single game about how he wears five XL gloves, but Nike only makes the four XL gloves. So he's too big for the gloves that he wears, all those things. And then we got the rundown of how big his hands are. In case you were wondering, his hands are 10 and a quarter inches compared to the average male, which is 7.6 inches. Julio Jones is 9.5 inches. Odell Beckham is 10 inches. And then Shaq is the only one that actually trumps Traylon Burks. At eleven point seven five, Chloe Kardashian.
1: If you saw that picture on Instagram, it went viral with their skeleton fingers. Um, oh. yeah, you said they only make it five X, so that's like a magnum size glove
0: for him. Good for him. Move right past that. Grant Morgan, of the Arkansas linebacker. This game the previous year was when he became an A-lister for the entire state of Arkansas because it was the one-arm bandit game. Of course, mm-hmm. we talk about Matt Corral having the six interception game, and Grant Morgan was a huge piece of that because he owned Matt Corral different story in this game this year but he did still play just such a massive role in elevating the floor of Sam Pittman's team in year one and year two really I mean you look at some of the plays that he made and I don't know what exactly his NFL future but frankly I don't care his legacy is safe right we had we had him on the pod sorry go ahead
1: No, no I was gonna say that like I actually, I mean, it's you just expect those kind of numbers to fall off at some point, right? Like you can't have double digit tackles every single week. And of course he does. I actually put the entire linebacking core because they were all
0: bumper pool Hayden Henry. Yeah,
1: yeah, they all they all had ten plus tackles in this game, and they all like they all kind of seemed like they were the same person, probably just (laughs) because they were like you know like all six year seniors that were white and and like just gritty. All the, all the scene like the NFL combine, like adjectives that you want to throw out there, that's, they were, they were all, lunch things, but yeah, they, I mean, Grant Morgan is a lunch guy, but yeah, man, like they just, he was an incredible talent. You just, you were saying
0: you had him on the pod. And one of the things that I reminded myself was that at so many different points in his career, he could have just decided that it wasn't worth it. Yeah. I mean, like that's a cliche. That's a, yes. I mean, recruited by Bielema, never played. Finally, get put. He finally gets put on scholarship by Chad Morris, but he had an entirely new defense to learn going into year five. And keep in right. mind, by the time that he starts his year five, Arkansas has gone over a thousand days without an SEC win. But I mean, like, Chad Morris just, gone at this point? Or is he still blowing spit bubbles in the corner? No, that, that's Chad Morris is gone. Uh, Chad okay. Morris is gone. This is year five was was his twenty twenty season, and I just wonder how many times that guy thought to himself. You know, I could just be a married guy. I could go on. And, yeah. Oh, yeah. He's been married for a while. I could just like go live a great life in the state of Arkansas. And I'm so glad that he stuck it out. Not just because we got to see his impact on the field, but because he got to NIL. reap the benefits of NIL and he gets a free <laughs> house for life. Talk about living a good life in the a state of Arkansas. A free
1: house for life?
0: Yeah. That's, that. Yeah, that's incredible.
1: No, that that was, He he's like, you know, I, I kind of get tired of like the whole walk on, story every single year because i feel and i feel like it's always at arkansas and i'm probably just saying this because i'm jaded because the the stetson bit of the fourth talk uh in and from my recent memory but he was a guy that that honestly like again it, it was like just a another Dejon harris man just like just a tackle machine each and every week did he have like 28 tackles in a game or something
0: stupid i don't think it was 28 but i think he got i think he got 20 i think he got 20 once he had 19 twice. against lsu the year before he's everywhere yeah. um yeah Everywhere and really fun to watch. Great dude. I love the fact that he also says are Kansas. Oh, I just I hate that. I've just always I, I always like it hearing him say that. If I said that, it'd be really weird. But hearing him say, oh, Yeah, dude, you're you are Arkansas. Like you, you are not to say it. Yeah. <laughs> um the breakout performers. So do you have any other A-listers?
1: No, so I had the same same uh A-listers, but I I had some different breakout performers.
0: Okay. Um, yeah, because I think uh, how many how many breakout performers do I have? Oh, I only have, I only have the one. I only have the one. Do you want to start with your breakout performers first?
1: Yeah. So, um, and and I know we both had KJ Jefferson, obviously, and I'll get into that in a second, but I threw in Donterio Drummond into this. He was a, he was in like a well-known name, but he only had two like career 100 yard receiving games coming into this game. Um, not a, not a lot of touchdowns. Um, also threw in Braylon Sanders. That's a name he's been there forever, right? He was a fifth year senior, um, I'm assuming he had injuries early on.
0: Yeah, he was a he was a 2017 recruit. Yeah. so he was recruited by Hugh Freeze. Like he right. was a he, Hugh Freeze guy. Like signed when Hugh Freeze was still the head coach. That's how old he is.
1: Right, and and he he has he had only two 100 yard games in his entire career, and one of them was against Southern Illinois in 2018. Shout out to Salukis. That's right. That's, I think that's Northern Illinois. Right? Nope, nope. That's the, the Huskies. Huskies.
0: Southern Illinois is the Slukies. I had, uh, my aunt and uncle went there.
1: No, Michael the Turner, the Burner Turner went to NIU. My okay, dad sold Michael Turner a
0: car. True story. Nice.
1: Yeah. Okay. Um, let's see here. So he ends up having uh, only 200 100-yard games, like I said, and and one's like in 2018. Huge performance in this game. Like It was like, like obviously the compliment they've been waiting for, I think, with Drummond, because it's, as explosive as that offense has been, it wasn't really – like it it wasn't like the years in like 2018 when you have like, you know, AJ Brown and DK Metcalf and all that kind of stuff. Um, the other one I was really surprised you did not list like strictly from, I'm assuming it's because he's the way he spells his name, Snoop Conner.
0: I love Snoop Conner. Huge fan. Whenever, mm. whenever he would have a big run, Will and I would text back and forth different Snoop Dog gifts. True story. Oh, there you big, go. Fan. <laughs> big fan, big uh, fan, um, big fan of Snoop Conner. And, um, I, I didn't have him in here because I thought that I, I thought he had kind of broken out a little bit earlier. That was the only reason,
1: but this might have I broke out earlier when he had, um, let's see, let me just bring this up here. Connor coming into this game. He had 137 total rushing yards in the season on 26 carries uh, and four touchdowns. I think he had like, in his career, he only had two 100 yard games in, in 26 career games coming into this right. Big four-star recruit. Yep. He only had three games with multi uh, multi, multi, rushing touchdowns um comes into this game and just goes off as you know like they almost had three 100 yard rushers rushers in this game with corral going up for like 80 80 or 90 yeah but like i said he comes into this game with not the best resume i think long term one of those 100 yard games is against bama the year before um but you're talking about coming off a week where four carries for 12 yards against bama um like, just not even a heavy workload. And then has the highest uh, yards per carry, or I guess, like, yards per, uh, yeah, rushing yards per carry. Almost 10 per carry in this game. Has a, a career-long 51-yard rush. Has a 33-yard rush as well. I should have like, like, had him. I have him. I didn't realize, like, after I saw him against Louisville and the way he just, like, bullied that one kid in the end zone, I didn't realize he had the speed.
0: That's why I didn't have him. That's exactly why, right there. Because that I remember one play. I remember very specifically after Louisville, I said I will not be someone who underestimates Snoop Connor, and in my brain, saying that, <laughs> I'm serious. I I, 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 so I made a mental note, and that's it's it's an omission because, like, you look at the numbers, and you're exactly right. He's breakout yeah. performer. I love any guy that makes the crowd make that kind of noise, like when mm-hmm. he gets a big time run. It's Snoop, right, Luke. Big big advocate of that as well. Um, anybody named Luke gets that kind of love from a crowd? Oh, Matt Luke. Oh, Matt Luke, former head coach, homeless football. I hope oh, Matt Luke's doing well.
1: Oh, he's doing I, well. I'm sure he is. Um, no, I I love this new thing as well. And let's get into the KJ Jefferson thing just because I don't think please the way people forget like the way his season ended compared to how it started. And and I only know one person in the world that was high on this kid, which was our former coworker, Michael Wayne Bratton, said he thought he might be a top three quarterback in the league coming into the season. And you know how, like, some of our predictions with top three quarterbacks have been in the past, mainly me. <laughs> but it, it's not the fact that he, like, he obviously had, like, the athleticism and, and, like, the talent, like, to do what he did later in the season. And he was a tremendous quarterback that got better and better, it seemed like, each week. Huge game against Bama. Um, but coming into this game, he had. He had more rush attempts than completions in each of his last two games. He hadn't attempted twenty plus passes in a single game that season against the Power Five school. Um, he's coming off a, a a game against Georgia where he was eight of thirteen for sixty five yards. The A and game, he was seven of fi- seven of fifteen, like for two hundred twelve yards. And Traylon Burks accounted for six of those seven uh, completions. It got and got hurt. One hundred sixty seven of the
0: yards. Yeah, I there was there was some skepticism about KJ Jefferson in September. And if you, if you recall the off season storylines, this has been pretty well documented about whether or not he was in shape and it's Mm -hmm. kind of all but confirmed that he wasn't in shape. And so, I mean, Sam Pittman has said he is not the same guy Monday through Friday that he is on Saturdays. And look, heard that brother, (laughs) who is it? I mean, come on, what are we talking about here? But this game was when they needed him to step up in this sort of way. And even mm-hmm. though he had the the bad Georgia game, you, you know, he had a, a bum leg in that one as well. It was not hundred percent. It wasn't making a difference in the result of that game, of course, right. but this is when Arkansas really realized that they had their guy. Remember mm-hmm. we grew from Georgia ugly, Ooh. ugly,
1: ugly. Eight total Real touchdowns bad. coming in this game. And yeah. and four, and four of those were against
0: Georgia Southern and Rice. You go ahead. He, he didn't score in that Texas game, which is a crazy yeah, had an in an interception reception. too. Yeah. 40 points in that game. And he didn't, he didn't score, but this is when they see him take that next step because he's back in his home state for the first time. He's a Mississippi boy. He's 30 miles from where he grew up, which they said ad nauseum on the broadcast. He had over and over and over again, but what I did love was when they kept showing his mom and I think it was like her sisters or something like that, or friends or, you know, people that he grew up with or something. And they're all rocking these epic custom KJ Jefferson t-shirts that are just all they're they're amazing. I mean they're they're unbelievable. I don't they're definitely not like an NIL deal. They're, they're one of those like go to a t-shirt store, yeah. get as many, get a collage of, of as many KJ Jefferson shots. Like the as opposite of when yet.
1: somebody like dies in the hood, like when you get the airbrush t-shirt like RIP. Yeah I told you remember like when I was at Houston's that one time in 2015, Laquan Treadwell's dad came in.
0: Yes, I remember that story. Yes. Yeah. Yes. He, he was Speaking the same of like bedazzled. Yeah. Um, the second that Katie George brought that up on the pregame, we should have known that he was in for a big day. And yeah. boy, was he ever. I mean, going toe-to-toe with one of the Heisman front runners at the time on the road, left it all out on the field. I said coming into the year that I thought he would be like Big Ben when the play broke down. And in some ways he is because he can I throw dudes off him. Say. Wait, say that
1: again. I hate what you're about to say so much.
0: I, I, I No, I, I'm actually going to say that, that he's wrong, but I, I think that he, he does things that are there that are big Ben esque with throwing guys off of him. And he's just a load right. to bring down with his size and all those different things. But where I was dead, like we see him with the jump pass, even when, when he decides yeah. to do things like that. And it's just all over the place. It's more early Ben than late Ben. But I was so wrong on how special he could be when he decided to tuck it and run beyond the line of scrimmage. And for all the talk in fall camp about the out of shape stuff, the fact that he played as well as he did for four quarters in a game like this is a testament to where his conditioning got to by that point yeah. in the season. Like, OK, I definitely thought you were going to do the cam thing. And no, 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 we're getting to that, buddy. We're getting to that. We're getting to that. Um, Actually, you know what? I'll just ask you the question. Over under, twenty seconds into the game until we got a Cam Newton comp for KJ. I didn't even hear that. I thought it was just you making the comp. No, God, no! I have spoken oh. out against that. I okay, cannot good. stand it. No, 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 no. Nobody's okay, getting. So Cam I misremembered comp. that
1: because I was like, "That's why I was like, I was fearing you were going with it," and it couldn't under, be more. Different.
0: By the way, under. Is the under hit. It was under 20 seconds into the game. And so Greg McElroy, McElroy would him. want to
1: not bring that guy up ever,
0: ever, right? ever. Yeah. Um, but hey, here we are. We know why it's yeah. happening. He wears number one like Cam, but very different play. The, the 10 yard run. Oh, yeah. He was because he was two in college. Okay. But he was one in the he NFL. He so was different. Right. <laughs> but he was one in the NFL. So people make that lazy sure. comparison as well. Let's um, stop talking about Cam. But hey, let's stop. KJ, the 10 yard run that he has where he just fakes out. Three do's, three Mm -hmm. do's on that touchdown. Unreal. Fakes out uh, Chance Campbell as well. Gets into the end zone to tie it up with 122 left. I became a KJ guy after this game. I did. I said, I I, I love it. I I don't know what the future holds. I don't know that he's ever going to, I don't even know that he's ever going to be an all all SEC guy, but I want that guy on my team because he wins football games. Simple as that. You know,
1: the quote I always bring up from Gary Danielson, and I know everybody hates him for whatever reason, but Gary loves the Cam Newton thing. God, that makes sense that makes me hate him but like he said this again like, I think it was like some game like we like AJ it might have been like 2012 LSU Bama he was like like there's always one game a season and it's usually on the road where you know you, your quarterback's just got to go out there and win you a ball game and I know they lost this game but that's what this wasn't ever since the word and um the fact that he came in like like this is a defense that got pretty good throughout the like the end of the year for Ole Miss like this wasn't like the like just absolute torched uh I've not even been but don't break like bend over and break uh defense yeah. that they ran the year before and and he comes into this game and like I think everyone thought it was gonna be Traylon Smith and, and Traylon Burks all day and he was fantastic at spreading the ball around like you said running the football um I, yeah like I just this game in particular we saw what he did later on, but this was like this this might have been one of the best quarterback battles, like for each team since when? Maybe Tua in Burrow. Like
0: I don't know if that was
1: that like, great. Man,
0: it's up there. Um yeah, I think because I'm trying to think. Tua wasn't peak Tua that game. Like he was good. He wasn't no,
1: it's a good point. He was not. He had ankle injury, <laughs> and we're not gonna get into it. But, right, well, but what other what other game would it be?
0: man did he go up against anybody um AJ were not like that's pretty good uh that's pretty good 2013 yeah that's true
1: that might have been that might have been like those LSU Georgia games like in from 2013 I feel like with Murray and Mettenberger and stuff like
0: that but he didn't have the feel that like both those quarterbacks were the reason why this was happening Trask, Mac Jones, SEC Championship is another one that yeah, comes to mind. Yeah, that's fair too. I'm not saying that's definitively better, but yeah. yeah, there's there's probably some and some some might even go like 2018 seven overtime, Kalamon, Joe Burrow, but that's like different because yeah. it's overtime, yeah, and, and whatnot. But but if, um, it's a great point. No,
1: but those, all those games also going into them, you kind of thought that that's what you were going to get, like that was the buildup. This game,
0: you just had Matt Corral, and and then it just happened before mm-hmm. our eyes, and it was beautiful. It was beautiful. Um, the prominent extras. Jeff Levy, Kendall Bryles, synonymous with one another. Uh, Levy, for those who don't know, if you didn't hear on one of the broadcasts like a billion different times throughout the season, married to Bryles' sister, Staley. And I'm going to say it, and I'm a Jeff Levy guy, supporter of of his offense and all things related to that. He does not have I've been married for 10 years vibes. He has... I got married in my mid thirties after I stopped sleeping in my office vibes, but not, I've been married for 10 years vibes. Is that fair?
1: Yeah. I'm and I'm a big levy and, and honestly, Bryles guy, not a big marriage guy as much. So um, that for me, like I levy was like, I hated that, that entire, I didn't hate like the the story because it was kind of cool. And I, I don't think I knew it going into the game, but like, it was another thing, ad nauseum. And you would think that they're like this was not like a blowout where it's like, all right, we gotta fill, we gotta fill the space here, man. Like, what are we gonna
0: say? There was a ton of things For, they could have been saying. That's a production thing, though. They have the picture yeah. ready to go. If you saw if you watched this game over, you saw the picture of them shirtless together when they were in elementary school playing Sega. Um, shout nice. out to Sega. Yeah. yeah great video game system lost in the shuffle but big time spider-man meme type of game with these offenses yeah they're trying to do the same things they have the baylor principles arkansas a bit more run heavy than ole miss was but both want to go with tempo they spread teams out They get those chunk plays in the passing game and in many ways they were those guys were the reason why this turned into such a horrendous day for defense and why by the end of it it just felt like both of those defenses were running on fumes, and they had nothing left to give, all because in, of the offenses that they had.
1: In many ways, I would say, like all the ways, in all the ways, probably it, in all the ways, yeah, that's right. I love the way that you said the thing they were running on fumes too, because we're going to get into the Barry Odom talk, uh, like we always do. But also, <laughs> I I think this is where we we first saw this is like the the debut premiere, the world premiere of Lane Kiffin. Being a little bit of an a hole and telling his players to lay down on the ground when when they the other team went hurry up. It, we, it happened one time some. in the final drive, and he like the, it was like the nose tackle, like at least be a safety, like somewhere away from the play. The guy in the very center of your defense was like, I got I'm I got a cramp, and then I, just proceeded to lay down like he was kindergarten nap time.
0: I have gotten into beachside chairs more aggressively than what this person, <laughs> this, this lineman cut, what he dropped to the ground and you're just like, oh my God, I clipped yeah. it. I remember clipping it right then and there. I wasn't asking my brother to like rewind the TV very much. I was about like, I can't not get that clip. Oh, Sniper got him.
1: But again, like, yeah, right. But again, like it didn't happen often. I don't feel like in the next week they played Tennessee and that's oh. what it happened like over 40 times. I, I will say, was that, your, those, those all your extras?
0: I had I had a uh, well I had two two more here you you already touched on Barry Odom we're gonna to get to Barry Odom I had one other one besides that go ahead okay John Rice Plumley Old Miss receiver I have replayed Plumley's career in my head wondering. If there would have been an ideal version of it, besides just replaying, replaying it with Rich Rod's offense, right? Like yeah. he was a more athletic Nick Fitzgerald. That's that's for me, kind of what he was. I don't think there is a version at the power five level that makes a ton of sense where we get to see Pete Plumley play out that way. Any other scenario other than staying in the exact offense he was in in 2019, because as fun as Auburn would have been, there was just zero world in which he. Would have transferred to Auburn because Bo Nix, same class, so that wasn't happening. Plumley would have been so much better 10 years earlier. It, I
1: was going to say, like, in a Pat White type offense from West Virginia, but that's and it,
0: makes sense. Rich, with Rod. Rich Rod and also Michigan, he would have been unbelievable as an NCAA 2014 player mm-hmm. because I, I think he's got a lot of Denard Robinson in him, and that's because of the hair, Rich Rod, who you know, yes, definitely because of the hair. Yeah, they cannot tell. So I, I'm gonna.
1: I, i'm gonna bring him up later because it's it's a crazy we talk about the story arc of this game his career it's just it it blows your mind um it's it's all over the place. it
0: wasn't because of injuries but yeah i know it's weird and it's it's like it's something that i just don't think would have happened 10 years ago so like i guess i just want him to go back in time and be tate four who famously got the nod over ryan mallet
1: which yeah. prompted
0: him to go to arkansas see got us back um, on track
1: I like that. Okay, before you get into Barry Odom, and I just absolutely begin to our biggest argument of the day, uh, maybe the year. My prominent extras: no. Henry Parrish had over 100 yards in this game, like almost the same stat line I told you about. Snoop Connor, off time. Um, Warren Thompson, not a huge year, but for what had kind of a rough day, like
0: up until yeah, the very
1: Also, end. like this is his best performance of the year. Caught the, the game tying, well, almost game tying touchdown. uh, Raheem Sanders. Everyone again. Everyone thought it was gonna be trailing. By my John. Trailing Smith. Trim Smith. Trim Smith. Yeah. Raheem Sanders has over 100 yards in this game. Uh, that yeah, that's gonna come up later too. The other extras: Sam Williams, a guy mm. that ends up with double Great sacks and was should have been one of the most talked about players in the league, maybe the country, but he was just overshadowed by Georgia's entire defense and Will Anderson in the same position. True. And my last extra is the whole ass defense from both sides because Connor, 41 total players in this game registered a defensive statistic. 41. I can't 24 count. 24 from Ole Miss. Wow. That is
0: crazy. Okay. Barry Oto. Jesus. I only put him on here so that you could say that he's overrated because. I, I'm not like an unbelievable Barry Odom stand. I don't necessarily support a ton of three-two-six slander, but this was not the best day for him. Not the best day.
1: No, it was not. I mean, they came in looking like a, a pretty good defense. They were they were like I said, second in the country in the past defense. They were that was the strength of their team. You would you you thought um, they
0: had like twenty three and twenty four year olds all over the defense.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they and Jalen Catalan's gonna be there for like another three years but like um they weren't great against the run like I said the thing about the Georgia game the week before uh gave up 273 yards on the ground and had given up at least 100 yards in four of their five games coming in I tell you what Connor when you give up 324 yards rushing and 287 yards passing on only 70 plays that's bad that's bad um the following week, Auburn lit them up, and Bo Nix had 292 yards to the air. So it was just, a rough.
0: It was a rough first game without Jalen Catalon.
1: Yeah, I don't think that's why, but sure. Um, for he gave up almost 500 against Mississippi State, gave up almost 700 against Bama. I, he just he just consistently does stuff where, like, I mean, you look at the year before. You were you were like really really banging the drum for him the year before and then it, it fell off down the stretch
0: and they, they had depth issues as well with with yeah they definitely and, had depth
1: issues but yeah. i just i feel like he's a guy he's he's almost like a like a, a much more likable and younger john chavis maybe a more, no he's like a low he's kind of like a low key will much champ like in, not in terms of longevity but like dude these offense these defenses has not ranked very high in the country in the league they haven't been known for really shutting anybody out. I mean, like the Texas, ten points they gave Sure. I mean, yeah. Texas a and A&M. didn't shut them out? They got beat by Kansas last year. I love Sark, but I mean, like A&M had Zach. Okay. I know this is going to come back to bite me in the ass because of what Zach Calzada did against Bama. But he didn't do that against, I checked every week. He didn't do that against anyone else the entire season. I just, he shut down a backup quarterback. I just, he's just not for me. I love him to death. He's a great guy. I, you know, but I don't know why you like him so
0: much. Fair enough. Let's go on to the story arc. Favorite line from the broadcast. On the call, just to paint the, the scene here. Paint the scene? Yeah, sure. Um, Joe Tess. Set scene. Say it again. Set the scene? Set the scene. Yeah, sure. To set the paint scene. Paint behind the onion. Yeah, paint behind the onion. We have Joe Tess, Greg McElroy, Joe Tess is SEC Gus Johnson. I love that. I love when you said that. Yeah, that's perfect. Both should be calling nighttime games. And I get weirded out when they're on there for like a noon game. Yeah. Having said that, this game gradually got to the proper level of Joe Tess excitement. It did. Eventually. It took a bit.
1: Real quick. And you said, same the daytime. I'll never forget my dad telling me this when I was in college. He's like, I was like drinking during the day one day. He's like, just be careful because being day drunk is a little bit different than being drunk at night. And I was like, what is that, man? It's the same thing, who cares? <laughs> and I was like, oh, this is weird. All of the lights are on outside, what is happening? Um, and that's kind of like exactly what I, th- I feel like with, with Joe Tessator. Also the greatest nickname of all time that I gave Tom Hart last year, which was Joe Lessitor.: It's
0: pretty good. Say like your best, it's pretty good. Yeah.
1: That's fair. Um,
0: anyway, though, he was he was good for a lot of good quotes in this game. Uh, my my favorite was KJ Jefferson could make himself a sandwich with that protection. It's pretty that good. I, didn't, I couldn't find that one. I didn't I didn't hear that one. That's uh that's the afternoon Joe test that I want. Mid play, he's kind of relaxed, he's not overselling it. He's not remind you to go get a sandwich. Yeah, which at that time of day. Thank you, Joe test. That yeah, was really exactly. important. I don't want to get up and leave. In the middle of this unbelievable game but thank you for giving me that reminder i like that when he's a little bit more kind of calm in the moment as opposed mm-hmm. to post touchdown where the crowd's going nuts i don't always need joe Tess to be on 11
1: i don't always dogs need are barking first
0: that's still one of the greatest calls i feel like of all time it's very good it's very good uh, there's a time and a place for joe Tess. not every noon game requires joe Tess. Yeah.
1: Energy. It's also weird that he's with McElroy because the personality wise, those two, like I, McElroy doesn't McElroy got up and like a different octave than I've ever heard. Like one time in this game. And it was one of the most uncomfortable things. I've, it was like watching two white guys or like a white guy trying to like dap somebody up like in the, like in the inner city. Like, it's like, you're definitely not going to like, don't do this. You're going to do the weird paper beats rock, like fist and thing. It's going to weird everyone out.
0: You know what it was? Are you talking about when he made the cringe worthy thing? And they've said this on multiple broadcasts. I like ball.
2: You no. like ball.
0: And they, they asked Katie, do you like ball? I was like, why am I listening to a broadcast debate? If, if they yeah. like ball, first of all, just no, no. Just yeah. no, don't need that. I get it. You're having fun. We all are. I like ball. That's a, that's a, Buzz kill, I man i feel
1: like he likes ball that much either
0: <laughs> also i think mcelroy just, likes ball I, I just don't need to hear him telling us that he likes ball
1: also want to point out that mcelroy uh since it's nfl combine week we had the same score on the wonder Lick. he was a road scholar though and i took six years to graduate so sick um sick what was your favorite so, <laughs> so my favorite line was and i had i had a couple here and i'll save the least favorite because it's in here as well um all right first touchdown Joe Tess says that's the first dagger of the afternoon, which I thought was pretty good foreshadowing considering like how the game, you know, ended up like turning out Uh second quarter, nine minutes left It's second and six. Raheem Sanders has a 21 yard run. It's still just 14 to 14 rocket Sanders with a little bit of rocket fuel off the right side. Perfect. Uh, when the opening line of the game, the opening line of the game or the broadcast, which was game day ends. And I think they're, in Iowa for Iowa Put State from Corso in the land of deep fried everything to this, and they just panned to the grove, which is like enough said. You don't even need to like use words for it, just beautiful. Um low key, the best line lane in this post-game interview. We really didn't stop them. They just happened to go for two. That yep. should be put on a t-shirt, man. Uh after Corral scrambled on a first down, Tess says, Man, is he nifty? That's okay, right.
0: I that's that's where I draw the line That's yeah Nifty's a little bit weird nifty. um nifty is just from a play-by-play guy I just don't need that
1: I don't it, it reminds me of Andy the nifty gifties thing that is just it's too much from that episode of the office and then this one just gave me like PTSD from the Ole Auburn game the year before they're reviewing the second touchdown of the game from Arkansas it's on the goal line and you like you can tell they're trying to sell the drama like like McElroy is is the way he was like speaking it was like he was watching someone back into or back out like a u-haul trying to make it under a bridge he's like
2: did
1: he, did he get in like, like i don't know like, get a better angle guys you guys have <laughs> access to all the angles and all the cameras and for whatever reason they started showing the the replay on the pylon cam why does old miss have just the grainiest shittiest zapruder film technology always you saw it the year before with what's his name with Tank Bigsby and the, and the ball that hit off his, his pinky. You couldn't, the closer they got, the worse the, the actual visual was. It made no sense at all. So I think the rain had something to do with that with Tank the year before. Yeah. I'm, I'm honestly, I can tell this was just me projecting. Um, <laughs> and my least favorite line was when Mer- Burks makes the first of two catches in the third, which we, we're going to bring up 37 later. yard catches. Yeah. McElroy says, You got lost. And it was it was more uncomfortable than I don't know me trying to rap at like a middle school talent show. It was very uncomfortable, and also it wasn't accurate because isn't like when you, like the whole moss thing is like going up over somebody.
0: Yeah, and he it was it was a play in which his body was in front of. So, Both of like, them were. Yeah, yeah. So agreed. That's that's my maybe my There's problem. Like Look, ball, man. Yeah, I love ball. You love ball. That's maybe my problem sometimes with them is it just feels like they have these lines in their back pocket. Mm-hmm. And I don't always need that. I don't always need that. That no, game was going to sell. So. RG3. Yeah. Oh gosh. RG three. That's a different subject. Okay. Coldest take from the broadcast. <laughs> Joe Tess. He says defense doing their job early here on a sunny day in Oxford, Mississippi. They were. <laughs> the cold take is not that it was sunny. It was beautiful yeah. all day. Three, um, two
1: punts to start the game.
0: That was at, that was when that happened. Both teams had scoreless drives. Little did Joe Tess know that fifty-three points would be scored. Um, you know, and by I guess yeah, fifty-two to fifty-one, and and the defenses would definitely not do their jobs. Um, that was that was pretty rough. The the other one from McElroy, This is this is great. I told you we were going to come back to Texas. Yeah, of course we were. McElroy says. Um, Where they're they're talking about uh, they're talking about like you know Arkansas early season momentum all these different things and how you know the Georgia game was was bad but whatever they still liked what they did in September. McElroy says that's one they were very proud of. Arkansas felt like they beat a very good football team that night. Again, talking about Texas who went five and seven. Hold on, they said that exact moment. They're yes, up so. by
1: like three scores on Oklahoma. And I
0: remember 14, all week. Yeah. I
1: was like, I kept talking about how Caleb Williams on the road was not very good. Uh no, he actually, didn't was, start actually yeah, he, he didn't start yet. Yeah. yeah. Spencer Rattler had not looked very good. They 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 barely beat a terrible two-lane team. And I was just like, I was like, Sark is gonna come in against this defense that's overrated, this team that's overrated, and they are going to upset o- Oklahoma. And I was so happy in the first half. Um, not when I bet the money line for the full game, but it, like it was funny to watch this whole thing play out. And that was one of my coldest takes was literally anything said about like any other team outside any. of the SEC that day. You know, the like, other one
0: was that, what was the other one on the ticker? Oh, shut up. It showed that Alabama and a and were playing that night and any- ESPN had a totally ESPN's very made up FPI, which we mm-hmm. agree it's FPI. Hold on. Hold on. I'm, gonna, <laughs> I'm listening. It said that Bama had an 86% chance to win.
1: Connor, the ball didn't hit the ground in the first half of that game from Zach Calzada. His only completion was an interception. He had over 200 yards passing, which he didn't do, I think, for the rest of the season. Bama dominated that second half for the first 25 minutes. I don't know what the hell happened in the last five regardless. Um, And it was their fault. They lost. They should have lost that game. What cold takes you got? The fact that anybody in that game specifically, and in, in our our listeners did this shit for, in like the the Facebook group, and it pissed me off so much. Bama lost to an unranked team. Okay, well that was literally the only week they were unranked in the last two calendar years. Heal, heal. Okay, that was one of them. Um, but no, so like this was one of those crazy weekends you saw. Like we get like once or maybe twice. Like usually I feel like only once a year, where everything was like just turned upside down. Iowa Penn State was a top five matchup. Oklahoma was in the top 10. Um, Michigan struggled against Nebraska. BYU was ranked 10th. They lost to Boise State. Baylor and Utah were unranked. Mm. Utah gets a big win on the road as an underdog against USC to get to three and two. Yeah. God, and that's crazy. You, you know how that ended. Uh, Notre Dame barely beat Virginia Tech with a last second field goal. And Bama loses to an unranked team. Um, the of I had... They said early on, if Joe said in the first quarter, if Arkansas can play within their own identity and do that, they'll be in good shape today. It was after an eight-yard run on second and six, But it, but it was after an eight-yard run, and their identity was running the football, and K.J. Jefferson was a storyline at the end of the game. I know they rushed sure. for 324 yards, but K.J. Jefferson was a story at the end. Um, the other one was late in the second quarter. Corral makes it 21-14. McElroy says, coming back from commercial, they're talking about the Heisman. He's gonna have some big stages over the next few weeks. And I like I think I remember tweeting this day. I was like, Lane Kiffin is going to absolutely win Matt Carell a Heisman trophy. Like he's gonna like make it a point. And we know how that obviously played out, but like the two-lane game, especially where he's still out there just slinging it. <laughs> I <love> right. it. right. <laughs> but the fact that, like, like it wasn't it wasn't like far-fetched to think he was going to be a finalist, that he yeah. was going to be, you know, he's projected top 10 pick at this point and just incredible an incredible season up until this point the big stages thing they only played two more ranked teams and one of them was against one of them was auburn um yeah the band was the
0: big stage game that was already which was the week before yeah
1: so it was like if the big stage games for the rest of the year they, they played i think three of their last six were on like sec network it wasn't even like nationally televised so i just didn't understand what he was saying because you saw it after this game, it just trailed off completely. And I know he was injured, but Matt Tennessee wasn't in game. So I'm trying Tennessee. to say
0: <laughs> after that was yeah, where I'd say yeah. it kind of trailed off. Um okay, that feeds right into my Judavian clowning reminder that normal people don't play this game. Mm-hmm. Matt Corral had two game different one. instances. <laughs> yeah. Oh, of course, you have to. Um, and, and there are there are others, but the the corral run. Where he's going for the two point conversion at the end and in in the second quarter, it's one of those plays where he's rolling to his right, and Arkansas should have been able to stop him. You watch that, minimum four people there at least. You watch that from any angle. Give me any angle on the all 22 when I say Arkansas stops him, no issue whatsoever. Connor, they were angled like they could have just like swept him
1: to the boundary, like yes, it made no sense.
0: But foreshadowing. Arkansas DB bit on a fake from Corral and Arkansas DB jumps in the air and he's midair trying to tackle Corral, which is an incredible thing to try and do or think you can do. Love the effort. Don't lose your it. feet though. Don't lose yeah. your feet. Yeah. Don't go for the pump fake, man. Corral takes a foot to the face as he's getting tackled and he still gets in for the two point conversion. And when I say that you think, all right, yeah, you ran through a foot, go back and watch that play no like a blood sport foot yes like not just oh hey his foot kind of nicked him in the helmet no 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 like a full-on it's it, I, I should probably say he more kicked so the face. He got kicked in the face and yeah. still scored it, i
1: mean yeah and we saw like that toughness through i think the rest of the year i like it It that became the storyline of who matt corral was i feel like 100 like, like the way this the season played out um we but i looked at yours before this and we had the same one we had this yeah. one and then the, the trail and burks take over with with three minutes left in the third quarter i mean back-to-back plays for the same amount of yards i think it was like they were both 37 yards, 37. 37
0: yards yeah. yeah i mean and then you have on the very next the next play kj goes superman to tie it up on that yeah. leap he took off from the five yard line right the five i remember watching saquon barkley take off from like the four and thinking, holy crap, this was a yard further back. Connor. This was a yard further. This yeah. is like when you see, I somebody, bet he could have gone
1: for six. I
0: bet he could have, shoot, seven. I mean, really not it, eight.
1: I feel like there's one, once like so, some of my favorite moments from the season, just in general, not even, not even just like for Arkansas games. And I feel like as soon as it happens, you and I are immediately like prompted, uh, like what, what's the is it Pavlov's like the like like you're conditioned immediately thumbs come out get on twitter it's like Traylon burks doing Traylon burks things because i mean it was just it's not effortless but it is kind of effortless and yeah. he could just turn a game
0: upside down so quickly man it was it was god that was those were impressive he was my answer as well for the trent richardson i can't believe they didn't make it in the nfl which we can't do for this game obviously uh we have to we would have to tweak right. it and do um instead i have the I won't believe it if they don't make it in the NFL. Because oh, I did the ones who like didn't make it in college. Oh wow! All right, far away. In a negative way. Okay. I mean, that's basically half a season where they just didn't work out. No,
1: I mean, like, like so Trey Knox. Okay. I thought he did a breakout year one. Like, yeah. So Jesus, he was he was a guy that was like coming out of high school. They had these three big recruits or big big uh, signees. I think they're all receivers, four stars or above is when Felipe Franks was transferring. 6'5", 215, top 100 guy, four star out of Murfreesboro, Tennessee. Freshman year, he has 28 receptions, 385 yards, three touchdowns. It, from day one, he was overshadowed by Traylon Burks. It was clear he was not the best receiver in that class or on the team. But those are his stats of freshman year. The following two seasons, 27 total receptions, 211 total yards, one touchdown. In the same theme, what is going on upstairs? Things Sorry are for happening. any listeners hearing just this uh, dog and these kids in here at the house, but John Rice Plumley. Now, I think I was wrong about this, but I thought he was the SEC leading rusher in, in his freshman year.
0: No, because he, he got over 1,000 his freshman right. year.
1: Okay, but he was – there were a lot of others. I think he was like eighth. Clyde edwards Lair would have been more in 2019 – Maybe it was brushing touchdowns in the regular season because he had 12 and I think Najee and, and Clyde had more, but they also played more games. Um, either way, he had over a thousand yards rushing and 12 touchdowns on the ground his freshman year, right? 154 carries, 1,023 1, yards and 12 touchdowns. He had five 100 yard games in just not 100 yard rushing games in just nine total games that season. Because that was the one thing we forget. Like, it wasn't like he started the entire season. He came in, lit up Bama, lit up LSU, and it was a lot of fun to watch. He finished his career with 19 total games over the next two years uh, with only 25 carries and 166 rushing yards, 25 receptions and 280 uh, receiving yards as they tried that experiment. Connor, he had zero touchdowns the rest of his career. Well, he's at UCF now. So we'll I, that's just so sad to me
0: i know And it's it, every time i would see the pregame picture of kiffin with john rice plumley where kiffin is taking that picture and they tag levy in it so you got to give this guy more carries and it's really yeah. lane's way of saying hey don't transfer please don't transfer you're my right. emergency quarterback i would feel bad because 2019 john rice plumley was so fun we talked yeah. about him a lot he Was great. There's a little tiny piece of me that holds out hope that Gus Malzon can tap into just some of that mm-hmm. because the system fit makes total sense. Oh, yeah, total sense. And if I, he can do that at the group of five level, like I mean, he did it as a true freshman, in the SEC, he can do it as a fourth year guy. Say I based my, my entire of... wrong take about LSU not winning
1: a national title that year because their defense based, based off it. him. So I'm still yeah. kind of scorned, by that, but <laughs> yeah, that, that's what I had. Who'd you have for, for yours?
0: Oh, uh, yeah, so. Answering this question in a, in a in a different way that I can't believe I won't believe it if they don't make them the NFL is, is Traylon Burks just because mm-hmm. if he flops I'll be stunned I mean the catch radius the ability to get separation man the speed is underrated the speed is underrated like he's he's going to be able to succeed wherever he goes as long as he doesn't go to a place where they really have no plans for him and he's buried on the depth chart right. like that that one to me I, I look at him and. 10-year career, several Pro Bowls. I'll be surprised if he doesn't do that. Corral, for me, isn't in that same category just because yeah. quarterback, it's so tough to predict. So much it, of that depends on your so surroundings. much into it, man. Yeah, and so I, I wouldn't put him necessarily in that category. Um, if you get the wrong coaching staff, you're just kind of screwed and he could yeah. wind up in a situation like that. Cool. Um, okay, the thing you didn't know slash remember until rewatching slash researching this, what do you got for this one? Texas a and was unranked, Connor. Uh, no, I'm kidding. Right. So w- that it didn't go to
1: overtime. I just assumed okay. it did. And also that the second to last play, I don't know if it was peak SEC officiating or the opposite, but it was like, I thought for sure it was going to be pass interference. And KJ Jefferson just like floats this pass. There's no way that, that there was one second left on the clock. There's absolutely I, no Lane way. thought time
0: expired for sure. Oh, like, Lane doubt. couldn't believe that time did not expire on that play.
1: Lane went like, again, like we joke about this, like the Dan Mullen thing, like like he sometimes would be like me, just like lashing out, projecting and stuff like that. Like the same way I watch Bama games, like that's how he would coach at times. Lane went from throwing his clipboard up and being like just elated and the happiest guy on earth to like literally a minute and 11 seconds later, yeah. screaming at the officials for something he wasn't, he wasn't even close to being right about, <clears throat> right about and i'm pretty sure didn't have like like he didn't have a single argument to make there he was just
0: like bitching because he knew that he he was possibly going to get beat hometown call though i thought we were going to get it yeah. i thought that that final second was coming off i watched that play assuming it was that was it that was all she wrote that was their last chance exactly. and yeah, said, here's here's the take though i think that game was better because it didn't go into overtime without a doubt Way back. Yeah, Connor,
1: it had, like again if you wrote the story you had three touchdowns like in the last like two minutes or two yes. two and a half minutes like that they were they were for like a combined 200 and like it was like 75 yard drive 75 and 65 yes like keep in mind Ole Miss scored with a minute 13 to go on a two play 75 yard drive Arkansas got the ball back and had a nine play drive with only I think two timeouts
2: Yes, KJ Jefferson uh,
1: just went off. I mean, I mean, like he was. I think he was like seven of eight on the final drive. But if you're if you're writing this story, they call timeout. You have the the kid lay down and take a nap in the middle of the field. The last play where he floats it out of bounds, and there's one second left. There's one second left, and then he he hits what's his name, Warren Thompson, for the touchdown. And the best moment maybe in the history or in like it, in the season. I don't want to be like a prisoner of the moment here. But since we love Sam Pittman, you referenced it earlier. As soon as they cut the effing camera to this guy, I mean, just the biggest cojones imaginable, he's already holding up to. That was one of the, I have have goosebumps right now. Like Sam Pittman is, I had no idea he had that kind of like killer instinct in him. And I know it didn't work out, but like no hesitation. We're going
0: to go get this win right now. I, I loved it, man. I loved it. You know what we should do right now? We should cut to Sam Pittman breaking down that exact instance that you just brought up. Going for two, holding up to two. So let's take a break and cut to Sam Pittman talking about that exact moment for SDS. Can you take me back to the Ole Miss game? Because it's one of the few times that I think I've ever seen a team go for two then not get it and pretty much still have universal support that it was the right decision. You held up the two right away, right away. You go back and you watch that and it's, they're debating on the broadcast. What are they going to do? What are they going to do? And there, there you are holding up the two. When was that decision made by you? Because it felt like it came before the drive even started. Yeah,
2: I can, I can take you through it. Uh, I think there was about a, uh, uh, um, a minute and a half left they got behind us. They scored. I think we had, I don't know what it was, maybe a minute 13, something like that, when we got the ball back. Right when they scored, they hadn't even scored yet. They were running in to score. And I clicked over to KB Kendall and said they did us a favor. And so um, they scored. We went down. We, the whole time, I just kept saying, well, I got the team together before the drive and said, look, don't come off the field. We're going to go for two when we score we're going we're to make the two-point and get out of here. And, uh, but we couldn't stop them either. I know they couldn't stop us. We couldn't stop them. And then when we scored on the very last play of the game, uh, there was really no, no decision to be made. It was, let's steal the game. Let's go home. Uh, look, at some point, I felt like both of us were going to score, and at some point, a two-point conversion was going to decide the game anyway. And I thought, we've got it. If we score, they can't retaliate and they can't – they don't – it's over. And so I took the chance, but I, I knew it. As soon as they got behind us and scored with a minute something left in the game, I knew we was going to go for two if we, if we were fortunate enough to score.
0: It's unbelievable because – You can say you're going to do something and then in the heat of the moment, you get maybe in your own head and you say, ah, you know what, maybe maybe we just we just hold off and we do we kind of play it to the edge. But you you seem to thrive in those moments and your team has become a lot more familiar with playing in these in these closer games. And it felt like when you the amazing thing, you watch that game back and it's like, wait, three and a half minutes left in this game and you guys scored twice on the road against a team that was going to, that ended up going to a New Year's Six Bowl, where did that kind of show you where your team was? Because I feel like that game really defined kind of what you, what you guys became in the second half, even though, ironically enough, it was in the midst of that three-game losing streak. And it was, of course, just a devastating loss.
2: Yeah, I think, you know, here's what I, here's what I'll say. Um, If I tell the team something, I'm going to do it. I mean, that's just, how it is i mean and so i had thought about that decision you know what i mean and and so i told them and once i tell them i'm not they're not gonna call me a liar i'm when i tell them that's what we're gonna do and that's the end of it. or i just wouldn't have told them but i felt comfortable with that so i was good there i, I do think that there is an air of confidence um that we have uh an air of we are disrespected, uh, an air of blue chip, an air of lunch pail, uh, however you want to look at it. We are all in it together. I wasn't the first choice here. Uh, I got something to prove. I have something to prove to the state of Arkansas that they hired the right coach. Our kids have something to prove that we're not the old Arkansas, that we're one that you don't want to play. And um, we're not there yet but we're headed there. And then I said it when I first came here, we want to make the people of Arkansas proud of the football team. And so all of those things are driving forces to have success here. And our kids are bought into every bit of that because that's how we feel. All of us, all of us in the building. Okay, the other thing that I
0: didn't know slash remember until re watching researching this, Jerry Neely didn't play in this game. Totally forgot. Was out with a concussion. I forgot because Ole Miss still ran for 324 yards. Yeah. He was so involved in the field.
1: week before.
0: Yes. Um, or at least they, they wanted him to be involved. And then, you know, the concussion happened. and
1: Right.
0: Yeah, it was, it was well, rough. He had eight touches on the first drive. Yeah. Bama, like in a 16-play drive. So anyway. anyway. Snip Connor, Henry Parrish, both over oh. 100 Corral at 94, like he said, and two scores. Um, Their, their ground game was was awesome. Yeah. Other thing I forgot, Jalen Catalan was totally injured for the majority of that game. Yep. He aggravated his shoulder injury in the first half and then played through it. I, I was, so Corral threw this bomb and then Catalan had great coverage on Braylon Sanders mm. and Catalan broke it up, but he landed on his right shoulder and they, Eventually, like he, he was out for the year, um, but I was going to initially have the Jadavian Clowney reminder that normal people don't play this game as the Matt Corral run-through of Jalen Catalan. Yeah. And maybe you can make the argument that it should still be in that category because it's not like mm-hmm. Matt Corral knew Jalen Catalan had this shoulder injury and he still right. decided, oh, all SEC safety, I'm going to run them right through you. I think a healthy Jalen Catalan probably makes a better play on that corral than just getting totally trucked and trying to tackle him with one arm. Right. But I kind of forgot leading up to that play that he was, I mean, he was hurt and it showed that like he yeah. was, he was laboring and he was eventually, I mean, he didn't play after this game. He was out for, for the rest of the year. So just something that kind of slipped my mind that maybe you know, could have had an impact in this game down the stretch, but Catalan's awesome. He's really good. Um, I'm excited that he's
1: yeah. back one shout out to um my host family uh they have uh the girl scouts meeting is happening right outside uh my dwelling at, on for the... cookies no but hey I, I forgot to get cookies but there's like a lot around the house i'm, I'm definitely gonna take nice um anyway so sorry if you hear that in the background but the thing that reminded me of the catalan because you could, it was very noticeable and i hate to use like a bama example but you remember the cam Back game from 2010 what this is this is legit
0: I just so, love that the, the way that you preface that. I hate I, to use a bad example, but remember I, the camp that like, game?
1: Because <laughs> I remember, I remember like hanging out with this dude like the following day. Mark Barron was one of the best safeties in the country in, in college football. Like, you know, every, like since the moment he stepped on the field, Cam throws this ball to, I think it was Darvin Adams, like down the left sideline. And it was clearly going to be intercepted by Mark Barron. Like it was, it was just kind of floated. It, like there was no chance he was in position. And I remember he couldn't go up like he like he it wasn't like he didn't make a play on it but he went up with like his wrong like opposite hand and the next day i was like what the hell was that and then the guy just you know runs to the end zone the next day he's over at this apartment we were hanging out at and i went to go like shake his hand and he like leads with his opposite hand because he had torn his pec muscle off like his chest plate oh. completely that's why he couldn't lift his hand up that's why oh. I lost and blew that 24 point lead but um no it, it, it was very noticeable with the Jalen catalog thing because you, you see guys get nicked up and they're like a little bit slower um this was like I mean, it it's still a great catch
0: too for sure no doubt about it but, but I think he makes that play I think he probably at least slows Matt Corral down instead of just getting totally trucked on that play oh, and I meant the the deep the, uh like the bomb Oh, the bomb! Yeah, that's that's fair. I, I just remember next time somebody like we're not at Jalen Catalan draft talk yet, but in 2023, that's going to come up, and people are going to look at that and try and break that down. But dude, oh, it was yeah. playing through bad like the account. Sean Shivers thing. I, I hate to
1: use another example here, but that <laughs> say if you're kidding. I mean, but you're right. Like that's it will it will get brought up. Um, when did the losing team blow it? We have the same one for this. I don't
0: know. Um, you could just, just say, field. <laughs> "I look." You you could just say that by Arkansas trying the same exact two point conversion play that worked earlier, that that's when they blew it, and that they shouldn't have assumed that that would work twice. When Greg McElroy was calling it out exactly what Kendall Bryles was going to do, it was this beautiful, little, beautiful little design where KJ goes to his right, goes to his right, and then he kind of fakes the option. And it looks like it's going to be a KJ keeper. And how can you not respect the KJ keeper at that point, given how good he was on goal? Plenty of
1: guys over there, though.
0: Yeah, they did. Burks got held up pretty badly. He did definitely. Um, And and the play before where they—I mean, they could have—they could have made that call. The play before the touchdown in the end Mm -hmm. zone, where there was still one second left on the clock, but. Everyone kind of was ready for Mr. PetSmart himself, Trey Knox, to get that football where he just right. stopped at that at that point. And they knew he was going to be the primary target. And KJ kind of throws back across his body a little bit. And it it just doesn't necessarily just work. On yeah, I, I don't think that's fair to say that the offense blew that game out because they hung half a 100 against the top 25 team on the road. I disagree. And, and I think
1: the offense did blow it. Or whoever, I'm assuming Kendall Bryles, had nothing to do with that throw because that was like his only bad throw of like the at least the fourth quarter man he he was like hold on where did I have it in here at some point like in the fourth quarter of that game alone I think he was like on the three scoring drives ten of twelve he had multiple you, you brought the touchdown run like with like a minute seventeen to go or whatever it was he had he finished that drive with like I think three straight ten plus yard runs including like the touchdown like he he took over Finish so that drives. throw. Yeah. It was disappointing, I guess, but I don't think it was gonna like, you know, be completed anyway. In my opinion, where they lost it was the third to last drive of the game. So before the the rushing touchdown and then before the final final drive, KJ Jefferson has gotten to a point where he has he has taken over, in my opinion, this game on the ground, through the air, trailing Burks doing Traylon Burks things. Arkansas' third to last drive. They take over their own 25 with nine minutes left, down 45 38. They open the drive with four straight running plays, none, none featuring KJ. Okay. They have two pass uh, two passing attempts after that. Um, neither were targeting Traylon Burks. And sandwiched in between that was a, uh, like, I think like an eight yard sack. So you have a seven play drive that is. I like it took took off a decent amount of clock for one. Um, I think like you went away from what was working like the entire the entire game. I remember i time in fourth grade, Connor, we did to do a, a multiple like a math test over double digit multiplication. It was a twenty five question test over like two digit times two digit, like you know ten times thirteen, whatever. Twenty five questions, I got one right, and I was really good at math. It was the 13th question in the very middle of the test. I don't know what I did for the first 12 or the last 12. I think I forgot to carry the zero for every single one of them. I don't know. Should've got a four on this test, Connor. But my point is it's sandwiched in the middle of like all the other consistency that you had and you were doing, like your offense was working. You were putting up points. I mean, the second half alone, you had 11 of the 14 total drives they had, they were scoring drives. I don't, what were you doing? You just completely go away from what works and don't What What's it like to get that paper back? Show, but my my teacher <laughs> felt so bad. I, dude, I'm telling you, I was really good at math. Though my teacher was so she felt so bad. I think she gave me like a 38 or something. I was like, this doesn't mm-hmm. add up. She's like, Oh, you did the math on that one? That that makes sense <laughs> to you. Um, no, to this day, I'm like really good at mental math. That was that was very embarrassing. Uh, also, yeah. though, having the second-ranked pass defense in the country and giving up a your second wide open. 60-plus-yard touchdown, oh, man. this time with a minute and seven.
0: I don't know how that happens. Coverage bust, Braylon Sanders. Corral looked off the safety left. Arkansas defensive back, Monteric Brown, who was... Yeah, I know how it happened. I was just kidding about that. I know. I'm telling the people at home I might not remember. You get the, the clipboard throw. All that. I mean, Lane – That that is that is peak Ole Miss in that moment to take over in that spot and to need what did they need like twelve seconds basically to to go ahead yeah Yeah, I mean it was less less than that um fifteen seconds was was all I think they needed and clipboard goes in the air and Joe Tess good call in this moment I'll give him credit for this one Mm -hmm. said they just can't stop
1: it's pretty good dude eight of the fourteen touchdowns came in drives of two minutes and eleven seconds or less um. I thought I had something here.
0: Like There was 41 points scored in the fourth quarter alone. Unreal. I mean, the Braylon-Sanders score that set it up, 45-38. That's another potential losing team blew it there. Second and 10, and, you I mean, you're in a tie game. Arkansas gets no pass rush at all. If there's a complaint of the Barry Odom defense that right. I will totally concede it's that they don't get a pass rush. It's frustrating Only to one watch. One
1: combined sack the whole day from both teams.
0: Not great. Not great. Drop-8 coverage somehow Sanders gets behind two Arkansas defensive backs and you just can't have that in that moment. But as crazy as it is, Ole Miss had the ball with four minutes left and Arkansas scored twice more. That's unbelievable. That's not supposed to happen.
1: The fact that they had a, a nine play drive that took a minute and seven seconds. Yeah. I mean, like again, the flurry at the end you have, this is in the fourth quarter alone, Connor. Arkansas scores to tie it up at 38, two minutes and one second. Uh, Ole Miss scores right right back, two minutes and 11 seconds. Arkansas, two minutes and 37-second drive uh, to tie it up with a minute 22 to go. Ole Miss has a 15-second drive. I, I mean, it was it was crazy, man. But you're right, like in the whole, just don't let anybody behind you. It reminded me so much of like the a League of Their Own scene. She's like, Evelyn, <laughs> why are you th- – like, you threw home – we had a two-run lead. Like, like, just hit the cutoff, man, man.
0: Like,
1: I don't. Ugh, man, that's just basic. So, you're Tom Hanks. We're gonna work good. on
0: that in the offseason. Yeah, yeah, we're gonna work on that. Okay, okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> what would have happened afterwards if the result was flipped? Um, pretty. There are a couple that are pretty obvious here. Arkansas am a plays in them. Arkansas plays cool. in the Sugar Bowl.
1: Yeah. Okay, do you think they're nine and three or ten and two, Connor? I mean nine and three. Okay, so I'm different on this one because they would have think... gotten that a win against Auburn.
2: Oh, okay, all right. But why, I mean, why, why would that have helped?
0: Why would that have helped against Auburn, though?
1: I just, I think, like, I know Auburn's going up a bye week, but they're you're talking about being like this pretty emotional run in September where you beat these two teams that like you probably shouldn't have, and and you you get the smoke off your back, you get drilled by Georgia. But again, like a win like this on the road to show once again that you guys are resilient. You you like against all odds, whatever. You come back home the following week, where you had looked so good like early on in the season. Yeah, Bo Nix is not a great quarterback, but he's yeah. playing really well at the time. He was playing really well at the time. He had 292 passing yards in that game. I just feel like this was one of those like, ugh, like you kind of they they needed a week off, man. They needed a week off in like the worst way. I think maybe momentum carries them into a win next week. I'm purely saying that because of my allegiance to the opposite of Auburn, because at the same time, like they might've been like a situation where they overlooked him after like an emotional win like this. Yeah. Either way, you're talking about theoretically they could be nine and one or eight and two going into Tuscaloosa, which was a seven point loss. Um, Pittman's already loved. He'd been getting like national attention, but he'd be getting like, the national he gets so much sec network attention nowhere near the national attention. I feel like he should be getting at all. I, I, I think imagine if Pittman finished the year 10 and two with the only two losses to Bama and Georgia, the teams that played in the national championship, both on the road and yep. he played one of them within a, within a, a touchdown. The only bad thing I think would have happened. Um, also they would have been five and one with three wins against ranked teams. They might've lost a coordinator if that had happened. They might've lost
0: Bryles. Does Sam Pittman win SEC coach of the year if he wins? Well,
1: without a doubt. Season. It's locked up.
0: Okay. I, I think that's it's a great discussion to have. In the SEC, it is not necessarily just a how much did you overachieve award, which right. very often is in most situations, most national coach oh, of the year, mind. most conference coach of the year. We tend to reward national championship caliber performances mm. from coaches six of the last nine years SEC coach of the year played in a national championship, including 2021 Kirby smart. Yeah.
1: I, because the whole I know the whole narrative is that statement never gets it, but I, like coach O but,
0: definitely was. And yeah, look it up. Six of the last nine years, the SEC nice. coach of the year has played. Yeah. I thought you were going to say that. The SEC coach of the year has played in a national championship. So that, yeah. that's, that's definitely one. It's not necessarily, I shouldn't say it's a guarantee um, that Arkansas plays in the sugar bowl, because if you recall somewhere, a Kentucky fan was listening to this. And I said, what about 2018, 2018, Kentucky, Florida, both nine and three, Kentucky beat Florida in the swamp. Who could forget cash yeah. Daniel poured the gate, poured the water, snow the whole thing. Florida goes to a new year, six bowl, Kentucky doesn't same record. Cause it's all about rankings. So it's not a guarantee. I, I think know. it would have been very, very likely MaElroyd nailed that on the broadcast, by the way. to predict that the winner of this game is probably playing in the Sugar Bowl? Yeah, 100 percent. And that's ultimately what happened.
1: I will say this, too. I don't I hate cliches. like I said, and I hate the whole everything happens for a reason thing, especially uh, I've been hearing it for the last seven months nonstop. I kind of feel like it worked out perfectly for Pittman. I mean, like the way they closed the season, like obviously, yeah, you would love to get like double digit wins. And and win every game right they get to nine wins for the first time in over a decade they end up getting like a a new year's day bowl game they beat a a college football blue blood in penn state you know i think the the whether the the slippery slope here would be is if like how much the narrative changes for kiffin if they Hmm. lose because i feel like up until this point, he he was like, he could do no wrong, but then you saw what happened against against Bama the week before. And and he that whole popcorn thing was it seemed like out of character. Like he, he didn't deliver it with a lot of like the confidence that I feel like Kiffin usually has. It was very awkward. That just goes to show you though
0: that he was in a different kind of way pre game yeah. because of I think going against Havan. I, I truly think that was that what it was. Here's here's something. Go ahead. DJ Durkin. Does he get the AM job?
1: He's probably fired after this week. I mean, (laughs) I mean, you saw what Kiffin said after the
0: game. Kiffin was exasperated after this game,
1: furious. And I'll tell you what, you brought up a really good point earlier about Corral and switching his performances from 2020 to 2021. Switch Kiffin's performances in the same way, like the, the week prior from 2020 to the 2021 game. I've never seen Kiffin coach like that, like just kind of not fully confident. Anyway. But if that happens and then he loses to another ranked team and then you start looking at the schedule and you've got three wins against teams that are unranked, um, pretty bad like strength of schedule, and then you play the two teams that are ranked, one of them at home and you lose both of those games, I think you quickly, quickly, this thing could have gone off the rails because it's one of those things where in the same way we talked about how Arkansas it had a top heavy schedule, um, you know, or you kept waiting for them to kind of go in this like slide. If he's three and two. Yeah. yeah. But if he's three three and two, like after this game, two -hmm. of the next three games were against Tennessee and Auburn, both on the road. Um, let me see here. He you're you're talking about being four and four or five and three at best, heading into November. I don't think they beat Tennessee the next week. It was a five-point game. If those fans don't lose their GD minds and start throwing mustard and golf balls everywhere, like I think this thing could have gone off the rails, especially with the corral injury, pretty quickly.
0: But they had him for Tennessee, and they had him mostly healthy for that game. And that's fair. I mean, yeah, it, was, it was after. Yeah, I mean, the Auburn game was really when it all kind of fell apart, and he gets taken, he gets like basically carted off, and he comes back on the field, and he's playing. Yeah, and it's just like you are not at one hundred percent. You probably shouldn't be here right now. Maybe um, I'm overreacting and just <laughs> just <a> touch. <laughs> Let's end with this, the uh, the player image that we'll always remember when thinking of this. I've changed my stance on this um, from what it was when we initially broke down this game. At Knee-jerk reaction, pretty obvious for me, was Corral going into the crowd, dapping up his dad afterwards. That was cool. Really cool moment. Like, don't tell me college football regular season doesn't matter. Or that I never saw just that picture until uh, –
1: and his dad's wearing a, a Kiffin and Corral like twenty. That was that was awesome, man. Yes,
0: very. Uh, that's the type of moment I, I love seeing. It was great that the ESPN cam, cameras were able to capture that. Everything that's great about college football when we get a mm-hmm. raw emotion uh, display like that on a national stage. I am a sucker for those father son moments. You know this. Yeah. But I actually think now, oh god, it's KJ after that failed two point conversion. That's what I'll, that I'll always think of. Okay. The The camera pans to him walking off the field. And sometimes you see more in defeat than you do in victory and just in sports in general, mm-hmm. he did everything he could and you could just see it on his face. And that was the look of a guy who had never played in a game like that and not come out victorious. Right. 51 points highlight real plays. You it's score good. twice in the final two minutes. I mean, he was awesome. So yeah. unbelievably clutch you score uh, one second left from the nine i i mean no seconds left one yeah well yeah one second when the play started like essentially right. an untimed down i mean on the road like that and just that touch throw was so pretty we, we probably didn't even talk about that enough but no pin of 12 in
1: the fourth quarter passing on, those, on those three scoring drives and that's not even bringing up the rushing like touch or
0: his rushing yards his face afterwards you just saw it it was just like man this is, this is brutal. Yeah, while all yeah. the oh, old Miss, you know, the whole crowd's going crazy and he's just walking off. Like, I can't believe I just lost that football game. Cause right. you, there's no doubt in his mind that he was going to go down that field and win. and when he you, when you're in a yeah. zone like that, I mean, I can't imagine being in a zone like that at the most important position and not coming out with a win. Well, and that just, that, that said it all to me. And the way he did it too,
1: is it wasn't like, like that, it's the broken play that corral had to just have a go-ahead touchdown it's different than having like a nine play drive where you're seven of eight and, and you're having to like you're having to be clutch every single yeah. play of the game for me and i remember this happening in the moment okay the main one is Pittman holding up the two fingers because when he did that Great it point. was like the the chris pratt gif where he's like turns and has that giant smile and he's like what like yeah like that, like in the half second before they show it, it's like, please give me what I want, and like, and then you actually get rewarded with it. Like,
0: McIlroy doesn't even know what he's going to do. They're debating it, and he's already holding up the two. It's it's right. just incredible.
1: So th- that that for sure. But I remember this happening in the moment, and I thought it was really kind of indicative of Kiffin, but also like like of who he is, like like not character wise, but just as a coach. But I was shocked that he was so like blatant and brazen about what he said about his defensive coordinator, which was he said, and I quote, well, our QB is awesome and we managed to play (laughs) as bad a defense as physically as you physically possibly can, but we got
0: to win. And I mean, not surprising that Kiffin didn't match what A&M gave DJ Durkin.
1: (laughs) No, that, I mean, like Durkin. And I said, that defense got better. I looked at the numbers afterwards. It did not it got, I mean, you got it got better. It got better from, from
0: 2020.
1: Game. Yeah. Oh, much better from 2020. Yeah. But like, yeah, like I, I think it, you part of it was like most coaches would be frustrated. I mean, Kiffin's kind of a dick, right? Like, like, and he's also a genius. So it's like, okay, I'm doing my part. Like, why can't you figure this out? You've got the Heisman front runner quarterback at the time. You're putting up over 50 points, it seems like in every game besides the one against Bama. And you just can't you can't not give up 51. They gave up. Was, they gave up like nineteen to two Lane in the first half or something like your first. It, like, yeah, I, I'm surprised DJ Durkin made it through the season. I, you know, I thought he was going to be a
0: dead man walking. Kiffin was Spurrier esque after that game. Yeah, that's what it felt like. Just no no regard for being politically correct with defense whatsoever. Uh-uh. Um, one know. last last question. Go on. This is our second Arkansas Old Miss game that we've done. Oh yeah, the Henry Heave of 2015. Oh, this is good. Yeah which game is better this game
1: I, the because that game came down to a fourth and 25 freak play
0: yeah and it was all things too
1: where like that's like a, a kick six for the Ole Miss and that's the only reason that Ole Miss didn't win the division that year and and like backdoored I hate to do it again I, you know what actually, I actually don't I haven't had to talk about football in quite some time and since this is like a throwback episode I'm just gonna be a throwback homer It's the only reason they opened the door back open for Bama to get into the SEC championship and then win the national championship. That's like a, like the what is it? The joy of victory and like the agony of defeat. This was just a great game on both sides that you leave and you're like, man, that was a hell. I mean, like that was just a hell of a game. Like you don't even leave mad. I, I know the KJ
0: Jefferson part, but this game by far. This won't have, uh, I, I think, the sliding doors of, of other games, that game specifically mm-hmm. as well, the, the 2019 Egg Bowl or anything like that. It's not going to be remembered in that same sort of capacity, but it, it doesn't need it. It doesn't need no. any of that. It's just great on its own. This is barbecue that doesn't need any sauce, it Is just cooked perfectly. The barbecue doesn't, the best barbecue doesn't need any it's sauce. Shredded like pulled pork? Yeah. Brisket that doesn't need any sauce, ribs that don't need any sauce? Yeah. Are they going put sauce on ribs? What are you talking about right now? Yeah, a lot of people put barbecue sauce on ribs. What are you talking about? Do you not put barbecue sauce on ribs? Unless they
1: need it. They always need it, Connor. They don't always need it. They okay, don't well, you it. know what? Now we've come to an <laughs> impasse here, and uh, it's like that's where we're going to disagree. Our biggest
0: argument, yeah. Well, um,
1: you're like such a big barbecue guy, too. I'm just shocked. I, I feel like I just there's a disconnect in what we're trying to communicate, because I feel like what you're saying sounds like a, what a serial killer would say about barbecue. No,
0: I love sauce. I love sauce. I, too much I just I just sometimes sauce a little overpowering and I, I think I like to be able to try my barbecue without sauce and then I kind of dictate how much I need and good barbecue I'm kind of just like I just want to keep eating this and I don't want yeah. I don't necessarily want to mess with sauce I feel that's like it's like me. saying like uh, yeah I love ice cream sundaes but I only
1: want vanilla ice cream with no chocolate no we you know what we've had
2: a really good show <laughs> and we've,
0: we've killed it so let's just end on a good note that's my bad Let's end it there. Um, Marlar, what do we need to remember?
2: It
1: might mean too much. There it is.
0: Awesome.